1: Before every believer, there exists two distinct voices calling us into action, one into a world of corruption, the other into a life of obedience unto a holy God. Join us today as Pastor Rander discusses which call Christians should listen to in this message, A Call to Holiness. he will be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
2: Praise be God from whom all blessings flow. We're going to commence with a three part series, uh, first of which will be today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, the, the thematic passage will be taken from First Peter chapter one, verses 14 through 16. We'll be going through a number of other scriptures, so you want to leave your Bibles open as we reference the scripture and see what God has to say to us this morning. 1 peter chapter 1 verses 14 through 16 and the word of god reads as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for i am holy and from this particular passage of scripture we want to preach a call to holiness a call to holiness in a world that is filled with corruption in America you see perversion all over the place we have a country that's full of deception addictions and the glamorization of sin there is a call by God himself for his children to live holy in light of the state of the corruption of our country and world. If the world cannot see a true representation of Christ in us, then tell me where will they see it and where will they find it? So many people no longer go to the house of God to worship with his people. Many do not even have a Bible and if they did, they wouldn't even open and read it. Many are filled with the philosophies of this world, so many, the ideologies of this world, from the secular media talk shows and entertainment. It's also astounding and amazing that people from every sector of society have a word today. Everybody got a word. Everybody got strong opinions. Everybody have something to say. From the rapper to the rock stars to the professional athletes, to the actors, to the politicians, to college students, to co-workers, and influential people. Talk shows, talk shows, talk shows, talk shows, talk shows. Therefore, it is critical for people to see the light of Christ shining through Christians and the good news of Jesus Christ being dispensed and given out from us in this dark and decadent world in which we live. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Verse 14 is saying that before coming to Christ, we were estranged from God, ignorant and without the knowledge of God. We were children of disobedience before coming to Christ and we were under the power of Satan. Peter challenges the saints Not to conform themselves to their former lusts, which is to possess an inner longing, an inner desire, a craving for that which is forbidden by Almighty God. Things such as sexual immorality, uh, uh, being addicted to pornography, filth, uttering obscenities, being depraved, corrupt, lewd, and carnal. But after trusting Christ as our personal savior, we are required by our Lord to be obedient to him, to his commandments, to be holy in all our conduct and behavior and not uh, to return to our former lifestyle and lust when we were ignorant and living in rebellion against God. Let me tell you something, we don't wanna go back there. We don't want to go back there. Uh, We have nothing to gain from going back to our former way of living. We must press on. We must move forward. Every day we need to look more like Christ and less like ourselves and less like the world. First Peter chapter one, verse 15 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct verse 15 tells us that god is holy god is perfect god is the personification of holiness if you want to know what holiness is look at god holiness is not an option for the believer i repeat holiness is not an option for the believer we are commanded to live holy as we represent god as his ambassadors on earth I mean, we ought, to, uh, we ought to be a picture of the kingdom on earth. When people see us, they ought to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are God's representatives on earth. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 28 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we must not conform or revert back to our evil desires and behaviors of our past sinful lives. All aspects of our lives should be uh, conformed to the word of God and his righteous standards. This book set the standards. That's right. This book set the standards. Without this book, the Bible, you have no standard. This is the righteous righteous standard. I'm not the standard. You're not the standard. Some athlete is not the standard. Some entertainer is not the standard. Some famous celebrity is not the standard. The Word of God is the absolute standard upon which we build our lives to the glory and honor of God. Why don't you say amen? our current lifestyle is not to reflect our former ignorance but the holiness of our heavenly father who called us to be his very own only then can we represent him as true ambassadors of christ look at first peter uh, chapter 1 verse 16 verse 16 says but it is written be holy for i am holy Peter here references Old Testament law by quoting from Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. It should be our innermost desire to be holy because our heavenly Father is holy. That's why we want to be holy. We're his children, and we want to reflect our daddy. We want to look like our daddy. We don't want to misrepresent God before an onlooking world, through unrighteous living, we don't want to misrepresent God through hypocrisy. We do not want to rep- misrepresent God through deception and an unholy lifestyle, which gives the world a false impression of God. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 8 says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Holiness is not an option. We are mandated by our Heavenly Father to be holy as our God and our Lord is holy. Well, allow me to transition now. What does it mean to live holy? I don't wanna leave you hanging. What does it mean to live holy? Uh, young folk, the sooner you learn to live holy, the better off you're gonna be with your lives. You can save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you start living holy as young as you can. Now Satan wants you too, and uh, you, you get to choose who you gonna live for. Now, you, you, if you live for Satan, it's, it's a liability, and it's to your own spiritual detriment. But if you, live, if you want to live for God, you'll get blessed. You'll have the favor of God. God will bless your life. He will, will protect you. He will guide you, and he will help you in times of crises and circumstances beyond your control. I like that old song that says, I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. And Jesus is not gonna walk with you, he's not gonna talk with you, he's not gonna commune or fellowship with you if you're living like the devil. So what does it mean to live holy? Since God calls us to live holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means to live holy. To live holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ For his divine purposes, honor, and glory. That is so critical. I hope you write every word of that down. I reiterate to be holy, to be holy is to live a life that is consecrated, a life that is separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes for his honor and for his glory. Everything we do should be for the honor and glory of our Lord, of our Lord.
1: I remember as a child seeing an illustration of a dilemma each of us faces. There was this person with a little red devil on one shoulder trying to get them to do bad things and a little white angel on the other shoulder telling the person to resist the devil. Listening today as Pastor Rander continues teaching about which voice Christians should listen to in this message, A Call to Holiness. He'll be speaking from a number
2: of scriptures. So get pen and paper ready as we begin. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through a continual confession of sins. Again, one whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. If you're gonna be holy, you have to confess your sins. You have to cry out to God. You have to ask him to wash you with his shed blood. Uh, why do we want to continually of confess our sins? Because we want to have a clean life, not a dirty life. A clean life. We want a clean heart. We want to think clean. We don't want a gutter mind. We don't want a satanic mind, a low-down mind, a degrading mind. We want a clean life, a life that's washed, a life that reflects God. Uh, we continually confess our sin because we want to live justly before God, to be just. We want to be chaste. We want to be Righteous because we want to look like God. We want to to be godly. We want to be godly. The worst thing you can see is an old, ungodly Christian. I mean, you've been. listen, the older you are, the more godly you ought to be from walking with the Lord. The worst worst thing you can see is somebody 70 years old acting like a fool. I mean, we ought to be, there are some things we ought to be passed by now. That's right. We, we, we ought to be growing in Christ. So moral purity, confession of sin that will be righteous, chaste, godly, clean, just, and so forth. This person is one whose life, one who is holy, this is one whose life is harmonized, aligned, and conformed to the Word of God, which results in holiness and conduct and character. Listen, the more you align your life and adjust your life on the authoritative Word of God, the more holy you're gonna be. That's right. When you align yourself, when the Bible says don't steal, you don't steal. When the Bible says Think on good things. You think on good things. When the Bible says, "Don't lie," you're not. Uh, you don't have a spirit of lying about you. The Bible says, "Be not deceived." You're not walking in deception. The Bible says all these things. The Bible says, "The Bible says, love your brother." You're not hating folk because they're a certain color, or because they're not your, uh, your 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 particular taste or whatever. But you love people through the lens of Jesus, and you love people in spite of their issues. The sooner you uh, adjust your life to the Word of God. The holier you will be, the more righteous you'll be, the more chaste you'll be, and, and and your light will shine brighter. The light of Christ will shine brightly through you because you have harmonized your life with the authoritative word of God and people will take note that you have been with Jesus. You don't have to walk around and say, I'm a Christian. They will know you're a Christian by your behavior. They'll know you're a Christian by your lifestyle, by what you say, by where you go and where you choose not to go, what you listen to, and all those things. Listen, a line in your life life on the authoritative word of God performs spiritual cleansing. It purifies you so that you look more like Jesus and folk will take note that you are a Christian. Amen. So I say it again, a one who is holy is one whose life is harmonized, aligned, and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness uh, in conduct and character. Now let's transition. What are the prerequisites for holiness? You don't just accidentally get holy. You don't just stumble. Oh, I, just, I guess what I I slipped and found holy. I, I I was struck by lightning and found holy. Sometimes God have to strike folks to get them right. But uh, but you don't just accidentally find ho- holy uh, holiness. It has to be purposeful. Uh, you have to intentionally make a decision to live holy. So what are, what are the prerequisites for holiness? Let me give you uh, some prerequisites so we, can get, so we can be holy and find favor with God, be blessed by God, and represent him in the finest of way in a world that desperately needs to see Christ through us, the hope of glory. What are the prerequisites? Number one, apart from being born again, it is impossible to live holy. Now, you can't live holy in a pleasing way to God until you've first been born again. If you fail to view yourself as a sinner, you'll not see a need for a Savior. Now, some folks say, Well, I don't, I'm not a sinner. Don't, don't call me a sinner. Now, some folks say that in a, in a minute. I, I'm not a sinner. I'm offended that you call me a sinner. Well, if you don't see yourself as a sinner, you'll never see a need for a Savior. Apart from being born again, it is possible to live holy from from God's perspective. Uh, John 3, 3 says, Jesus said unto the, to, to him, more assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again. Once born, hell bound. Twice born, heaven bound. But God told Nicodemus, you must be born, what? again. And so uh, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Luke eighteen thirteen also says, And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes uh, to heaven. He was so grieved over his sins. He was so uh, helpless over his sins. But beat his breast in humility, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. A sinner, be merciful to me, a sinner. God save those who recognize their wretchedness and cry out in utter desperation to God for salvation. Number two, what are the prerequisites for holiness? Living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. Living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. You are either a child of God or a child of the devil. That's right, you, you, you're not 15, folk, 15 kinds of children. You're in one of two categories. You're a child of God or you're a child of Satan. You're either in God's camp or you're in the devil's camp. You're either blown to Satan or you're blown to Jesus. Verse 14 says, as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the form of lusts, as in your ignorance. As obedient children of God, we must be determined not to allow ourselves to regress to our previous sinful lifestyle, to our previous cravings and desiring to do those things which are forbidden by God. When you do something God tells you not to do, that's outright rebellion against Almighty God. We must refuse to allow the world to shape or fashion us into its mold. The world wants to shape you. It wants to fashion your children. The world has a satanic agenda for your children. So does Satan. And, and we, want the, we want the Lord to shape our children. We want the Lord to shape our marriage. We want the Lord to shape and mold Uh, our lives for his honor and glory. We cannot live holy while yielding ourselves to the prevailing standards of this degenerating culture. Do not allow yourself to be duped uh, by this culture. We cannot live holy while yielding ourselves to the prevailing standards of this degenerating culture that's going down, down, down. Partial obedience is defiance and rebellion against God. The Lord requires total, unconditional obedience to his word from his children. Anything less than total obedience is disobedience. You know what? Well, I kind of obey God. There's no such thing as kind of obeying God. You either obey him or you rebel against him. Amen. You, know, you, you obey God and then you leave the consequences to him. God blesses holiness, God blesses a life that is obedient to him. Number 3, another prerequisite for holiness is this. When we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. Now that's big. When we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. This means we don't call our sins a mistake. We don't call our sins, oh, that's my weakness. Or we we don't minimize or rationalize our sins by saying, well, that's just the way I am. That's insufficient. That's not good enough. Or, uh, I, I'm not there yet. Well, you better get there because you can die tonight. Some of y'all, 50 years still saying, I, I'm still trying to get there. When are you going to arrive and show up for Jesus? Stop rationalizing your sins. Stop calling them weakness. You, it's sin. Say sin. 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 When the last time you looked up as, to God, in prayer and say, Lord, I sin with my tongue. I've sin with my eyes. I've sinned with my hearing. I've sin with my attitude. I've sinned where I've gone. I've sinned the way I've hurt people. I've sinned against you. I have sin, oh God. I plead the blood of Jesus over the sin. I cry out that you would wash my iniquities. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high, and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, Holy, Holy! is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the whole house was filled with smoke. Verse 5. And I said, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. He had a dirty mouth. He didn't say, uh, I, I have sins. He named it sin. I got dirty lips. My mouth is nasty. And I dwell amidst a people of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And let me tell you something. Once Isaiah saw God, he was never the same. And I'm going to tell you something, once you have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, you will never be the same. Stop saying you're a Christian and you're acting worse now than ever before. I seriously doubt the validity of your salvation. You think you say it's a sad faith, a professed faith. But when you've really been born again, when you've really experienced God in a personal, contrite way, listen, your life is not the same. And even if you try to sneak and do what you used to do, you're so struck with conviction and guilt and remorse, you can't sleep, you are absolutely miserable, that's a sign that you know the Lord. When you can sin and go eat collard greens and red beans and rice and go to sleep, and it doesn't bother you. You need to get saved. Because sin ought to bother you. Do you hear what I said? Sin ought to bother you. I wonder about the person who can sin and not be bothered. In the presence of God, Isaiah mourned. Over his sin. In the presence of God, Isaiah grieved over his sin and cried out in utter desperation over his sins. And the, not only his sin, but the sins of his people because his eyes had seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Not only do you want to get out of sin, you want to see your children get out of sin. Your, your family get out of sin. You, you, there are people you know who are sinners and living doing all kinds of sinful deeds in your family in the workplace or whatever you 're praying that they get out of sin you don 't want to be comfortably going to heaven while somebody while droves are going to hell I'm satisfied. I'm, i 'm satisfied i can 't wait till I get to heaven and everybody going to hell around you.
1: Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow's Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God